Conversation, presented by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer. Thanks for listening. You know, my wife Vicki and I have owned and operated our photography studio, V Gallery, for 20 years now. White House has been our lab for the last 16 of those years, and we could not be happier. White House is a family-run business, just like ours. If you haven't already, check them out at whcc.com. And if you want to drop me a line, feel free to email me at jed at whcc.com. Well, here it is, episode 100. It's been about two years since this conversation presented by White House Custom Color got up and running. And what a fantastic two years it's been. I've had the honor and the privilege of speaking with some of my favorite people, not only in the industry, but in my life. I've experienced everything from nervousness to exhilaration, from deep sorrow to profound joy, from unexpected tears to bellowing guffaws. I've been educated, enlightened, empowered, and entertained. And I hope you have as well. My guest this week has been one of the more important people in my life for the last 16 to 17 years. Mike Hanline is my boss, my mentor, and most of all, my friend. He's been an amazing example of patience and fortitude over the years. And I can't imagine a more appropriate guest for my 100th episode. Thanks for listening, friends. I look forward to the next 100. I'm the guy that's responsible for the Tootsie Roll Pops. That's the one thing that I've done. That <laughs> that's I your can, claim to fame? That I can mark my career with. <laughs> I don't have responsibility for the blow pops. Those were a suggestion by one of the forums back in the early Later, 2000s, right. yes. That, right. that not everybody's a Tootsie Roll Pop fan, but there are some people out there that like blow pops. Also, when there were things like forums. Forums. Well, yeah, yeah Facebook's the forum for everybody, right? right? No, there used to be forums. There used to be the pro forum, and there right. used to be the digital wedding forum, right. and, and other forums. ILP, I think, was yeah. One, now right? there's yeah. yeah. There you go. I love right. photography. We right. got we were very very popular on all those forums. Yeah. Back in two thousand one, two, three, four, five, six, so forth and so on. But you've been in the lab business always. Right, you kind of well. The first two and a half years of my life, I my my parents owned a studio. Oh, so I wasn't in the lab business then, but I was only <laughs> two and a half. So uh, my parents, when I was two and a half, sold their portrait studio that they'd had since right after World War II, moved from Minnesota to Kansas City, and my dad got in something called the school photography industry as a lab. And the school photography industry was still pretty new back then. Hmm. And um, so I grew up in a, in a lab that did predominantly school work that, that later expanded into portrait wedding work and one thing or another. But, but um, yeah, I've been kind of, this is all I've ever done, so to speak. Right. Now, when people ask me, like, stuff, I, I say I'm 45. Five, 46 years as an adult, this is what I've been doing. Yeah. And you came to Minnesota and you jumped on White House Custom Color in 1996. I did. I actually came to Minnesota in the, in the fall of 1994 
and I worked at another company for a year and a half that served the lab industry. It mm-hmm. was an equipment company, um, but but that soon became very boring, like the first week. Um, but then I, I hooked up with a fellow named Webb White, who had this little bitty color lab called White House Custom Color, um, and he was kind of looking for a partner because about half the work at the lab came from his studio. He photographed about 400 weddings a year, and they basically printed 5x7s and 8x10s and put them in matted albums. And that was pretty much it. And then, well, his other clients were his contract wedding photographers. So they had clients in about a 25-mile radius of the Twin Cities Mm. and ran a pickup and delivery service. White House's first shipping department was me in 1996. (laughs) And that was when I came up with the Tootsie Roll Pops. That's how it happened. If I remember right, that's how it happened. Now you have two boys. They're both in the business. But Chris is a bit older. When did he start and what did that look like when Chris came on board? Well, Chris just turned 35. Like and, two days ago. Yeah. And and um, Tim's 29, going on 30. They're five and a half years apart. Chris was our son that grew up on a keyboard. Mm-hmm. And I can remember taking him to the lab in Kansas City, the old lab, before we came to Minnesota. He was two and a half, three years old, and he'd just sit and I set him up with a old Mac Plus with a <laughs> keyboard, and he'd just sit there and bang on the keys for hours. You know, well, that turned into White House later on down the road. But I uh, know Chris started working. Actually, he started doing like some some digital enhancement and, and file correction for people at home when he was in high school and, and maybe even before that. And then um, he, he's really our first IT guy mm-hmm. at White House, and that really started in earnest um, the late 90s. Right. So he would have been 14, 15, 16 years old. And um, he was our only IT person until I think the spring of 2008. So we'd already d- grown dramatically and and um, he was kind of the architect of all of it how from is, an IT how, standpoint. How important was Chris's presence? Because this is, in my mind, this is what I, I always think of it. So I'd, I'd like to hear it from you. How important was his presence regarding the industry changing switch from film to digital his presence was was um that's a tough question i ask because from our standpoint when we had our when we when we were looking for labs for our studio in 0102 we go digital right from our from my perspective we go digital and no one no one seemed to have it figured out but we didn't know about you guys we found out about you guys because we were getting these these posters back right. that were right on the money. Right. You guys had it right. figured out. Right. And in my mind, I've always thought that he was that Chris was a big part of that. He was very much so. Um, back in those days, the, the 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 systems were really simple. Yeah. And and as far as they actually didn't exist on how to submit digital orders. And we started doing that in late 99, early 2000. And we came up with a little system we called Thrifty Prints. 
where you, 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 you prepped your files and then you put them in folders by what sizes you wanted. You know, by today's standards, people would laugh at that. But it was awesome then. It worked really, really well. But the key to that, the overriding key to that was that you didn't have to color correct anything. Right. Because you're, if you want three eight by tens, you put three files in there. Right. So, I mean, the files had to come in print ready. Right. And Chris had a, a very big impact on that from a lot of different perspectives, including in the early days, he would go to somebody's studio and make sure they were calibrated and, and make sure that they knew what they were doing on their end as far as tagging files and all, and all those things right. that 90% of the industry didn't even realize existed. Right. And, and, and we were converting lots of photographers to our little homespun system of printing um, because when they got them back, they were perfect. Right. So we managed, we managed the printers properly. We, we helped photographers through Chris, for the most part, learn how to calibrate and manage their files. And it was a huge win-win for everybody because they got files back literally within 48 hours that were printed beautifully, where the other labs were taking them and taking three weeks and weeks. delivering them. And, and then they were yellow or they were green or they were light or they were dark. And I think you and Vic went through that. We did. And so um, you convinced her that our system was better. <laughs> and it worked good. It didn't take much. And so now here we are sitting on talking on these <laughs> microphones together. So, but 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 Chris had a big impact on that. But it wasn't it wasn't just Chris. I mean, sure. You know, we we I remember those days when we'd get a, a new client, and typically it would happen on the phone, right? And they'd call and say, hey, I'm so-and-so, and I want to send you work. And I might – it might be a 20, 30, 40-minute phone call. Right. And I was, was doing was your, all that. Right. That was your – You know, and that eventually team. came down to a new client questionnaire, and you submit five files, and you get test prints made, and boom, boom, boom. It, it got quicker and quicker and quicker, and people got more self, self-sufficient on color calibration and, and knowing, knowing what to do. Um, but there were a lot of things that we did in those early years that Chris had an impact on. For instance, everybody thought you had to send in TIFF files to get good prints. Yeah, that's what we were told. And we said, no. Here, i got to watch my language. Right? We said, no, you don't. <laughs> All you got to do is send in a level 10 JPEG. A level 10 even. That always a level struck 10. me too. And I that's tell you, half the size of a level and, 12. And I spent hours talking to people saying, you know, it'll look beautiful. <laughs> We can print your level 10 JPEG, and we can print your TIFF. You will not be able to tell the difference between the files. So we proved it to people. But what we did, we did a a test, and Chris and I did this back back in those days. And at level 9, we determined that you could see no difference. So we upped it one notch and said, that's the standard. And I think at least for a decade or more, the entire industry followed that standard. Well, I'm not might, sure what it is today because the world's so different. Well, we still we still do the same. We we haven't changed that on our end. I do know that it it doesn't seem like as big of a deal now, but to send in 
a, a, a one and a half meg <laughs> yeah, file. Yeah, it was a huge deal. As opposed to a 28 meg file. Yeah, and some of those some of those level 10 compressions could be as low as two or 300K, depending upon the size of the print. Of course, right. And when we were transferring files in on something called FTP, uh, people would say, what does that stand for? Right. You know, and, and the speed at which it could come in um, played, played a large role in the early days. Well, to go from burning things on CD and then, and then having to ship that and mail that as opposed to just FTP. My whole entire life changed when well, that happened. Yeah, see, it's just like, like everything else in life is that if you find out, a, if, if you can engineer a better, quicker path, yeah. everybody's life gets easier. Right. And if everybody's life gets easier, probably you can make more money. Right. I mean, that's eventually what it leads to besides being happier. Well, it's, it saves you time. It gives you time. Time equals money. Yeah, I mean, I remember those those, those early days yeah. that we're talking about here, and and basically, if you were dealing with XYZ Color Lab and they had a Christmas cutoff of November the 18th, <laughs> you know, our Christmas cutoff was December the 22nd or 23rd. <laughs> yeah, right. And and it, it, it basically, for the astute, aggressive photographer, it right. extended their season right. and their ability to make more money right. by two or three weeks. Well, because there's plenty of clients, you know, on their end that aren't ready Correct. until after Thanksgiving. Right. And you Actually, that's a big deal, yeah. You open up a whole new so, world, essentially, to people. I mean, I still read about cutoff dates in mid-November, and I'm going, yeah. why? Right, right, right. The world moves a little quicker than did, that. Did you have, cause, you know, I, I've seen, like, the newspaper articles and stuff that people started doing on you guys. Did, when did you, when do you think you and or him had a sense that this was really going to turn into something more than just a small team of well, you know, you know, a dozen you, people. You just, I don't know. You get on the bike and you pedal it as hard as you can, you know, and you get mm -hmm. there. Um, we had some years that were just blurs yeah. because we did take off and we grew. But um, the timing was right. A lot of things lined up for us um, in that regard. Um, but it really took off in 2003, 2004, but we'd been laying the foundation for that for three or four years already. Mm -hmm. So when it took off, we were ready. When we announced our press card, card division in 2005, it was like, um, it was a big deal then. Yeah. And, and um, so it, we got some press because some of the equipment vendors that we were utilizing their equipment and buying their equipment, started started doing some some PR work with it. And then um, we were on the Inc. 500 for seven straight years, mm -hmm. which is a long run. Mm -hmm. um, and we were on the, 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 the local Minnesota thing. I think we were on for nine years, the Fast 50. I'm not sure there's anybody been on there that long. Right. So our growth was sustained for a period of time and, um, and was, was – um, beyond expectations. But like I said, a lot of things lined up. It wasn't just everything we were doing internally. It was, it was things in the marketplace. And, and um, you know, there's a long list of those things. I'd like to talk to you a little bit about what I think your specialty or your wheelhouse is, and that's um, relationships. I think that you're the man when it comes to that. Well, that's nice of you to say, Jed. <laughs> Well, I think that you, I think you have a gift. I don't, I don't know how cognizant you are of it, but I, you have a, you have a way of, 
Um, you have a way of making people feel valued, which I think is a really big deal. I think it's a bigger deal today than it ever has been. Um, but you've always brought that to the table. And it. I've, I've talked to a lot of people or heard a lot of people say outside of your presence that you have been a mentor to them. How aware of that have you been over the years? Not. Really? You know, I like people. Mm-hmm. Um, I like younger people yeah. right now because I'm older. <laughs> um, okay. I like to see people succeed. I, 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 I like to feel like if I can help somebody succeed, there's, there's nothing but positive things that come out of that. Yeah. Um, um, not that I'm selfish, but if I help a, say a guy, let's just pick a name. Gary Hughes. Yep. And if I can do something to 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 help Gary Hughes succeed, then we help ourselves succeed yeah. through generating more work. But genuinely I like people. And and I think that if you want to be a relationship person, um, that that that's what makes the world go around. Mm-hmm. And my relationships aren't just externally with photographers. I mean, I, I might know everybody's name that works here. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I just think that, that everybody can benefit from everybody else in the right environment, treated with, with the right respect. As you've gotten older, now we're in 2019, you've seen a lot. And a lot in the last, well, we'll say 20 years in particular. People often ask you about, I've heard people ask you about, and people come to you to talk about the state of the industry. So at the risk of asking you about something that you've literally discussed a thousand times, can you touch on that a little bit? Well, I think the state of the industry is a very broad brush to start with that the photography industry, there's, there's a number of subsets within that overall industry, mm. and the, the, the niche that we fill is pretty narrow. Now, that being said, the subsets, the, 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 the lines are getting fuzzier and grayer in between them all. But 8 by 10 is an 8 by 10, whether it's a landscape or a, sure. a newborn or a boudoir or whatever it is, but basically the portrait wedding industry. And the state of that industry is constantly in flux. And if you look at the industry in general, you look at America's buying habits in general, mm-hmm. things change over time. And and so if you want to look at the 20 years, um, I, I've basically been at White House and some of the things that we've done there, you know, I could throw that into three or four significant buckets at, at, at what was making those changes occur and and whether it be technology or market forces or, or whatever. And you can you can meander and migrate through those things. And and um, so it's, it's, it's very good to be aware of them. How, how do you stay on top of it? How, in the how do world? you stay on top of it? It's easy. How? It doesn't sound easy. <laughs> Well, you get old, and you do it for a long time. No, um, the the thing that I think has always been very significant for us is that White House as as a team, I think, has stayed very close in touch with its client base, Mm. thus with the marketplace. Mm. 
And, and you accomplish that by being in it and not sitting behind your desk thinking you know what's going on. And I don't care if you've been in the business 10 years or 40. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you're out there boots on the ground. In the trenches, so to in speak. In the trenches, yeah. talking to people, finding out what's on people's minds, finding out where, where they see the weaknesses, finding out where they think the market's going finding out where they think economics are impacting them, good or bad, make all the difference in the world. So um, that's how you do it. You get out there and you visit people and you talk to people and you take them to Fleming for dinner and buy a steak. (laughs) Or in your case, a big tomahawk steak. Along with a couple of seafood platters to go with it, Jed. So, you know, that's that's how you do it. And and you do it on the trade show floor, although they're getting fewer and further in between. Yeah. And you do it by visiting people and you do it by by online today and yeah. and watching everything that's online and watching the right people online for the right reasons. You know, so things change quickly these days. What keeping that in mind, what is something that has happened? This this might put you on the spot a little bit, but what's something that has happened as you said, three or four different buckets or four or five different buckets over the last 20 years. What's something that's happened you did not anticipate? Probably the dramatic impact of, of um, digital-only professional photographers. How so? Well, because people create content. Yeah. But they, 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 they monetize it by selling the content. They don't monetize it by selling products that they can profit from as well. Right. And and I have to say I you know I I the extent that that has happened um has surprised me a bit. Is it a surprise because um why would they do that when it seems as though they're leaving money on the table type of thing? Is that is that why it's a surprise or part of why well, it's a surprise? Part of it. Part of it is that <laughs> I've never known it any different right. than people buying from professional photographers their right. albums and their, their wall decor. And, and I mean, I can understand wallets and 8x10s, but, but um, to the extent that it has become um, pervasive in the industry and that, that, I mean, if you're a professional photographer today, let's just say you're 27 years old or younger, Amazing images mm-hmm. and, and incredibly creative and lots of different styles. But you deliver those images digitally and you don't, you don't, you know, you don't turn it into an album or, or a wall canvas or, or a frame print. You allow your client to do that. And, and um, it, that's just um, the extent of that has gone beyond what I thought it would. I, now I think it's circling back around. Yeah. And I think things, over time, things tend to circle back around. Well, because the clients have discovered. You know, I think photographers can make X number of dollars selling files, but but the good ones finally realize that that their client wants to buy stuff from them. Right. And their client wants them to tell them what to buy. Right. Like, this is the best image, and this would look wonderful on your wall as a right. 20 by 30 or yeah, what size 24 by 24 right. square and right. and and you know here's a frame and and I can have this for you next week well, you know, if, you want, taken, if you want to deliver it that quick it might have taken a few years right for yeah. that to for that to occur because no, then I, after 4 or 5 years people are like oh, I don't have anything well 
these swings take time. Right. They take time. And I think really we're just really experiencing that to a big degree over the last three or four years. Because it was just the opposite of that earlier. The digital technology hit and everybody had to go through through that switch at the camera level and, 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 and at the processing and printing level as well. But but then there was like products, 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 products everywhere. And 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 you know, a lot of those products are available not just to the professional market today, but to the, the consumer market as well. And and so we had had a, a number of years, whether it be four, five, six, seven years of uh, new products and lots of products being sold. And, and you know, the last four or five years, it's been more like um, photographers aren't buying as much as they used to. Yeah. And, and there's more, there's probably more photographers and more images. Right. And, and um, they're being monetized through other places that aren't professional labs. Right. And and not by the photographers, but by the people who who bought the content from the right. photographer. By the photographer's and, clients. Yeah. Right. And and I think that'll I think that'll swing back around. But you know, when you look at it, say you got a photographer today that's 22, 23, 24 years old. They've grown up with their phone. Right. They've they they've never really printed anything. Um, they're very happy to shoot a wedding or shoot a portrait session and turn turn the files over or, or deliver the files through a gallery. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the vast majority of the files that go into galleries actually end up being downloaded and printed someplace else. Right. You know, we got four or five of the largest gallery companies in North America that work with us, and we print a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of prints for them. Right. Um, but it's, 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 I don't know what the percentage of, of it, it's not a majority of their users right. that are printing. You sure. know? So I think there's a lot of upside there. If, if it, because of the potential. Well, I think, and I think the potential exists for the photographer and for us both. as the lab. Right. And it's a little bit like what we were talking about a few minutes ago. It's, it's actually ends up being a win win. And actually, it's kind of a win-win-win because it's not just us and not just the photographer, but it's the client. The client, too, right. And how easily they can get good quality products, whether it be for their wall or their coffee table. or I mean, these are family heirlooms mm-hmm. that will be around for a long, long time. Right. And um, so, I mean, I got, a, I got a whole bunch of stuff I printed 34 years ago when my oldest son was one. Right. You know, (laughs) 25 years ago when my youngest son was three or four. Yeah. You know, I cherish that stuff. Right. So. Again, with with all of this in mind, if you're sitting with somebody um, or if you're talking with somebody, what sort of challenges do you hear your clients facing? So professional photographers facing today given every given everything that you've just said well i think that's a that's a relative question because um the biggest challenge might be a photographer saying the other photographer selling digital files right that might be the biggest overwriting challenge right um but but it's a it's it's a challenging marketplace today and it's not just the photography industry it's across the board but um you know, it's it's economics, and you're vying for people's discretionary income, and and given the right imagery presented in the right way, people will spend money like crazy, right? For 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 personalized 
photography. Um, I mean, I, as a grandfather, you know, that my pictures of my little grandson, you know, if I had to pay for them, <laughs> I'd pay a lot of money. <laughs> so, yes, you would. But, uh, you know, I get to print all that stuff myself. But, uh, no, I just think that the, 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 the real challenge is, is um, getting in front of the client properly. And there's a lot of different ways to do it. Right. Whether it's in-person sales or whether it's it's through an online gallery that is monetizing more than just prints, sure. but monetizing canvases and frame prints and other things, right. or, or, or 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 whether it's 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 having a way to do it um, in a studio or or how, however you want to do it. So here you are in 2019. Both boys are in the business. Um, what is the best part of that for you? As a dad, well, um, you know, the best part of a family business is watching the next generation grab it and succeed with it, yeah, and have fun with it, yeah. and enjoy it. Um, you know, in my case, I've been telling people lately because I'm getting older and I'm still working. Yeah, I'm working quite a lot, yeah. but. You know, I have a real problem. Is work's never been work. Yeah. You know, works works what I do, and and and, and it's fun. And you know, my 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 wife Diana said to me just a few weeks ago, she because I said somebody, I'm, you know, we're a family business, and she says, well, not we're, not, we're really not a family business. We're a, a family in business. Hmm. And so it's it's. It's important and it takes time to learn how to separate the personal side of family and the, and the business side of family. But done well, um, it's, it, it, it works very well for everybody all the way around. Mm -hmm. and, and my boys have never seen eye to eye on everything. And I certainly, you know, uh, I grew up in a family business. So right. I, I understand so it. I. I get it. Right. Yeah, so do you. Right. And... Um, but but given the right effort and the right communication, you celebrate your successes, you understand each other's perspectives, and and it works out just fine um, for everybody concerned. And um, you know Tim's five and a half years younger than Chris, mm -hmm. and that's a nice that's a nice distance right between them. <laughs> right, and it. it, it, it but it's also can be kind of challenging. They're very different. Um, but you know, we're fortunate enough that that we we have a, a significant enough business here that that we can we all have our plates full. Sure. And and we don't have any trouble communicating with each other and balancing right. it out. Um, and we're all you know we're we're all got things we're really good at. And I think it's like anything else. You you learn how to leverage what you're good at. And cover what you're not good at. What are your hopes for them in the company moving forward? Well, you know, I I think it's up to them, you know, and what they carve out for each other. I I um I just hope that that the industry stays healthy and mm -hmm. that we stay on on top of that, and we make the right decisions for the right reasons, and and continue to prosper as a 
as a business and a family. Um, I think they, I, I think they have a really good handle on it. Quite mm-hmm. frankly, I think their their skill sets balance out really, really well, and and mine too, because I still bring value to the equation here. Yeah. So, um, but the, the the day will come when I'm not there. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think they'll, I think they'll do fine. I, my hopes are just good health, right? Continued success, maybe more grandchildren. <laughs> That'd be all right too. <laughs> So, but you know, time will tell. I wanted to give you some room to time, say. Time a few will things. tell. Time will tell on that front. But you know, if I'm fortunate enough, I'll be around for quite a while yet, and 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 I can see. I have one grandchild. I'll see more grandkids, and I'll see them grow up, and and maybe start working one day. You never know. You so. you are in really great health as you've gotten older. This is maybe kind of a personal question, but as you've gotten older and you've experienced long term success, how important has health become as you've aged health is absolutely everything right you know and it's it's physical and mental you know and and they actually really kind of go hand in hand Mm -hmm. you know a little bit of exercise every day goes along a long ways and not just making you feel better but making you think better as well and and the mind is is kind of a little tricky thing and and you got it's important to keep it active, but it's also important to, to, to exercise from a physical standpoint, which helps keep your mind active. And and when you're exercising, you're thinking. Mm-hmm. And and you know the old saying goes, "I thought of that in the shower." Well, right. you know you can think of it while you're running or walking or right. or going up down the stairs, you know. And sure. And so you know I've been a. <laughs> I, I don't want to keep referring to myself as old because I don't think of myself as old, but, but I've been here for a while and I've seen people that, that stay healthy in a lot of ways, either mentally or physically or both. They just live longer, yep. you know, and, and um, that's the key. You got to keep moving. You know, you just got to keep moving. If you keep, if you keep moving, your mind keeps working and, and those are all good things. So. We have the holidays upon us now, so it's it's ramping up. It's going to be a madhouse here for a while. And then Christmas comes, and at, after Christmas, everyone kind of takes a sigh of relief. And then, we, and then we get ready, essentially, for trade show season. Well, we turn the corner pretty quick here. Um, you know, the, the, the peak season is getting shorter. Yeah. Um, that's just the nature of the beast these days and, yeah. and, and because the world, everybody, the entire world thinks you should have it tomorrow. Right. So you don't need to send it in till Christmas Eve. Well, Amazon hasn't but, helped. No, <laughs> um, but that's okay. And, and we're, we're, we're right now here. We're in the middle of October. We're gearing up. I think we added 32 people here this week. Mm-hmm. We, we attack the season. You know, there, 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 there's a, <laughs> there's a, Tremendous amount of of um, success that can come out of of working through the season mm. um, and doing very very well mm-hmm. and and overcoming the challenges that each day can present and um, so we work really hard here twelve months out of the year whether it's getting ready for for the production season or getting ready for for the con- convention stuff if. If we work really hard 12 months out of the year, then when we get really, really busy, things go much smoother. Right, because there's always something on the horizon. Yes. Right. And every year is different. And, and um, you know, we actually probably operate 
five or six smaller businesses within the overall business. So the seasons are a little bit different right. from one to the other. Yeah, they shift. Um, and and some of it's really peaky between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and some of it's a little bit more level throughout the year. So that presents you some 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 nuances from area to area to manage. Going into though after this after this busy season, going into kind of trade show season, convention season, a lot of people you know they get their information online. But you were talking about earlier being in the trenches. Do you see being in person at a show or a convention super important as opposed to just staying at home on your computer? You know, in a relative sense, is being in the trenches that much more important to experience that for people these days? Well, for me, it is. Right. I Because uh... we didn't have the resources that, that are available today, obviously, during those old days that we were talking no, about. No, no, the, the world's completely different. And they're great. Don't I get mean, me wrong. Yeah. But I also feel like There's it's imperative that, you to know, see people in person. You know, I, I, I think it's a far more enriching experience. Mm-hmm. And that they can lead to far greater things if you're meeting people and developing those relationships with people. That right. and you can do that at a, at a convention. And it's, I'm not talking about in the convention booth, right? Or and I'm also not talking about in the bar, right? But you know, in the <laughs> right. hallways and in, in, in the classes, you you meet your peers, you 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 know you you trade trade war stories and you mm-hmm. learn from each other and and you can. I suppose you can do that online, but but um, no, I, I, I there's a lot to say for being part of a community, and the photography industry, particularly the portrait wedding segment, is a big community, you know, and and there's some there's some big communities within the community, right? Um, and from the different shows, and you get the WPPI community and the PPVA community, and and states and locals, and and all those things, and 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 you know a lot of them have struggled the last what decade, right? And and I you know in my opinion the 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 organizations that struggle are the ones that aren't providing the value, right? And and the 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 ones that actually provide value. Um, people come to and and they they interact and they, they it works um, and new young educators and 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 different kinds of education um, about not necessarily just how to how to light or how to take a portrait but how do you sell it how do you make some money yeah. <laughs> and 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 um, because that's one of the very important ingredients in being in business is selling and generating yeah. revenue. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's one of the reasons PPVA's been been on the rebound the last couple of years because they've gotten into some business um, things around selling. Is that the next big show you'll be at? Oh, yeah. That's in – well, yeah, the one the next one we're going to exhibit at is going to be imaging in January. In Nashville. Yeah. So if someone wants to see you, that's where they should go. Oh, yeah. Come on down. We'll be there. Thanks we're, for joining me on this. We're in the white booth with a blue sign. This is this is episode. Did you talk about everything you want to talk about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We covered it. We, we can always go deeper, but we'll handle that in part two.
This was this was episode 100. Episode 100. This conversation with Jed Toffer presented by White House Custom Color. Wow. <laughs> You're number 100. You know, Jed, I've been getting for now for 100 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been getting tremendously favorable positive feedback on you i'm very happy and and i'm happy that it's going to you <laughs> your, your ability to um converse with people is outstanding thank you thank so you so i'm just thrilled to be part of that with you i appreciate it very much and thank you for joining me once again no problem